Because we're doers, we shall be blessed in what we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to continue this morning with our study on what manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth. And as his followers, what manner of men or women we should be today in the earth. Friends, listen. As Christians, we should be becoming, we should be coming more and more and more like Jesus. Did you hear that? We're supposed to be doing what Jesus did, the very same works that Jesus did when he walked the earth. I'm not just saying those in the fivefold ministry here. I'm saying that for every single person in this room, whether you've been walking with God for 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, or maybe just since last week. The bottom line is you're supposed to become more like Jesus and you're supposed to do what he did. Amen. I say this to Riley and she can attest to this when she goes to school, not every day, but a lot of times I'll say to her, you go now and be, you, you're, you're, how did I, I wrote it down. You could probably help me. You may be the only Jesus that those people will ever see. And that's true for all of us. We may be the only Jesus that people we run into may, may ever see. So what then becomes the question is, are we truly representing him the way he's supposed to be represented? I remember as a youth minister, I used to say that all the time to the youth. You know, here we are expecting God to use us to make a difference in the lives of our friends out there who don't know Jesus, but they're drinking and they're carousing and they may be drugging it up and you're right there with them how can you then turn around and tell them about Jesus if you're living just like they are are you listening you can't if we're misrepresenting Jesus Christ to them why would they want that Jesus why wouldn't they just want to continue to live the way they're living? I've heard one minister say this the other day, sin is fun. <laughs> I mean, when he first said it, it kind of takes you back. Yeah, sin is great. Sin is fun. Until you get to that place where all of a sudden it brings death and destruction into your life. Obviously, it has to be something that we enjoy doing. Or it wouldn't be an alarm. It wouldn't draw us to it, would it? See what I'm saying? But we've got to come to grips with the fact that we are supposed to represent Jesus Christ wherever we go at all times. And I'm, I'm learning this big time still. And I've been a, a preacher now for a lot of years. We've got to remember that wherever we go, People look at us, and they should see Jesus. Amen. Oh, I could get off on something right now, but I'm not going to do so. Hallelujah. Well, so far in this study, we've seen that Jesus was a man of prayer. How many know that we too should be people of prayer as Christians? We've seen in this study that 
Jesus was a man who operated in authority when he walked the earth. Did he not do that? He operated in authority over demons. He operated in authority over the winds and the waves. He operated in authority over sickness and disease. He operated in authority over anything that was trying to bring any kind of death or destruction or harm to him or to anyone else. He simply spoke a word and it came to pass. And as Christians who have now been authorized by Jesus, we too are supposed to be doing that exact same thing. Now, I know, again, for a lot of people, if I went into a lot of churches throughout this world and stood in a pulpit and said what I just said there, people would say, who do you think you are? You're not Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus, but I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I have the greater one living on the inside of me. I've got the same spirit that Jesus Christ was anointed with. Glory to God living in me. And I have been given this same exact authority that he operated in. And when I step out and I use that authority, I'm expecting to get the same kind of results. Amen. Uh, Keely's not here today. I don't know, she's one of the girls that have been coming from the university. And, and she said, she said to me the other day, we had our tribe, first tribe meeting last uh, Sunday. And she said to me, when you said, as Christians, that we're supernatural, man, it just went off in my heart. I'm a supernatural being. And she said, I got home and I just began to shout. And she said, it's the first time I've ever experienced the presence of God in my life. That's called getting revelation. And when that revelation begins to get down inside of you, friends, oh my goodness gracious, I am not a natural being. And neither are you if you're a Christian. You are supernatural. (laughs) I got, listen, I got God's life on the inside of me. Zoe life, eternal life. And when I learn to yield to that life, what in the world can stand against that? I got the power of Almighty God on the inside of me. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me. Why should I ever fear anything that I face or encounter in this life? I know this much. The devil will always try to come and try to bring you to the place where you don't believe you can do it. You don't have what it takes. Who are you? You've got to get bold about it. You've got to be able to stand up and say, I'll tell you who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old sinful nature has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And these things are of my God. I'm a child of God. Hello. You want to meet my daddy? (laughs) Come on now. Why do we fear when we are encountering something? I'm going to just throw this out to you. I heard one minister say this the other day. And I'm coming to recognize this more and more. When you go get through one level to the next level, the next level you're going to get a bigger devil. What does that mean? There's going to be a bigger devil assigned to your life to try to take you out. What does that mean? So should you be fearful? 
Should you say, God, I'm just going to stay right where I'm at down here? No. It doesn't matter if a bigger devil's assigned to you. He's still already defeated. Get it? He's already. I don't care. I don't care if he's bigger than a. I don't know. King Kong. I don't care what he looks like. Because my big brother is bigger than he is. My big brother has already kicked his teeth in. Hmm. I want to get to the place where you guys get a little persnickety. You know what I'm talking about? What I'm talking about is when the devil tries to come against you, you just get a little, who are you messing with? I can't believe you even started to mess with me. You're going to dread it, devil. And you get your sword of the spirit out and you begin to carve him up one side and down the other side. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to get to that place. Are you there yet? It's what we're here for. We're here to get ourselves stirred up. We're here to get to that place where we know, we know that no matter what the devil throws at us, we're coming through it. And we're not just coming through it barely. Oh, dear God, what just happened? We're coming through it victoriously with our shoulders thrown back, with our chest out. Glory to God, I am. Whoa, I walk in victory. I walk in victory. I live in victory. I do everything I do from victory. Why? Because Jesus is the victorious one. And I am in Jesus. Whoa, I'm preaching really good right now. Whoa, hallelujah. You hear this morning? Haven't even got. Who prophesied this over me? I was only going to get to page two on my notes. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So Jesus operated in authority and so should we be. Amen. We have the ability to rule and reign in this life, my friends. Through the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we started talking about the fact that Jesus fully demonstrated to us How we're supposed to be walking in and living in the love of God. Everything Jesus said. Everything Jesus did. Did you know that the Bible tells us, and it's it's somewhere in the Gospels. I can't give you the exact uh, uh, location of it right now off the top of my head. But do you know that the Bible says he drove the money changers out of the temple? And that the, the, the words that are, 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 are the actual Greek there, it means he was so angry. He was, I mean, operating in a righteous indignation. He got something, picked something up, and he's going after these folks. That was based in love. Oh, you mean you can use a whip to drive people away from you? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> they were doing something contrary to his father's house. They had made his father's house a den of thieves instead of a place of prayer the way it was supposed to be. And it got so much on him, he said, I'm getting these people out of here. And he drove them off of there. My point in saying all that, everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did was filtered through the love of God. He was the epitome of what God's love was all about and it is all about. Amen. And friends, listen to me. 
We have got to get to the place where we ourselves are completely, now listen, completely controlled by the love of God. We cannot go through our lives with an attitude of, I'm going to get back at that person because that person did this to me. It's easy to slide over in that kind of mindset. Is that not the way of the world? I'm telling you. We cannot live our lives that way. If somebody does you wrong and you get ah, and you get a little upset about it, am I the only one that's ever had that happen? What do you do? Do you have do you have no this is do you have the right to get angry and come at them? Do you have the right? Because they were mean to you first. They spoke evil about you first. They cut you off while driving. You have the right to get back at them. Just remind yourself of Jesus on the cross. Just remind yourself, was it right that he was there? Was was it right that Jesus was there? Was it because of what Jesus had done? He was there because of you and me. And so listen, when people do you wrong, if we're really going to be operating in love, we're going to be like Jesus on the cross and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yay. I know it's not always easy. I I, I fully understand this with everything that's in my being. How sometimes I'd rather slap a person than pray for them. But you want to know how you know you're operating in the love of God the most? It's easy to love people who are loving towards you. The the, the Bible actually brings out that Jesus makes the saying, people in the world can do that. But it's when the people are treating you wrongly, speaking evil of you, and instead of putting your hands around them and saying, what in the world? Say, Father, bless them. Bless them. I forgive them. Now, I'm going to throw this in for free right now. This isn't in my notes, but this is so good that I just need to say it right here and now. When you forgive somebody, doesn't mean you have to feel like doing it. That's a big statement. Hello. Because there's going to be many times. Well, Pastor Dan, I just don't feel like forgiving. You don't have to feel like you forgive. We We don't do it based on our feelings. We do it based on the word of God, which means we do it by faith. Are you listening? I forgive them, Lord, because you told me to do so in the word of God. And like I like to say, the one that I have the biggest issue with when people, this person does me wrong. You want to know who it is? Everybody's looking at me. You're going to say, he's not going to say Joan because she's perfect and she is. Thank God for her. It's not Joan. It's me. The one I have the biggest issue with is me. And I have done this. I cannot express to you the amount of times I've had to do this. Stand in the mirror and say, Father, I forgive him. I forgive me. Even though I don't feel like it. Because I know what your word says. See, if you hold something against yourself, that's going to hinder you in your walk with God. And if you hold something against others, it's going to hinder you in your walk with God. In fact, the Bible says if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Amen. We're called to walk in love. We're called to walk in love. 
Everybody say, I'm called to walk in love. And we're not talking about the world's way of loving. We're talking about God's way of loving, which was demonstrated by Jesus Christ. And so far, what we did, we, we, uh, we began to talk about the greatest revelation, the absolute greatest revelation. And that is a huge statement I'm making right there. The greatest revelation I've ever gotten in my walk with God is that God loves me. God loves me. Have you ever felt unlovable? Probably a lot of you. Probably sometimes might have been real recently. But you need to understand that God loves you. And God loves me. And so we began to look at different ways that we can see how much God really does love us. See, when we get that revelation, and the only way we get that revelation is by the Spirit. The only way we get that revelation is by the Holy Spirit. But once that gets inside of you, then you can then turn around and love others with the love that he loves you with. That's what it's really all about. Amen. See, I, I can look at Kilby and I can love Kilby no matter what. I can look at Ron and love Ron no matter what. It's like when we have first timers come in here. I can say I love you. I don't even know him from Adam. But I'm sincere when I say that. Why? Because it's the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. I'm going to give my love to you guys. I'm going to give my love to all of you in here. And you know that's true. Amen. So how do we know that God loves me? How do I know that God loves me? So far we looked at this. We can write this. I love this scripture. We looked at Isaiah 49, 16. Behold. Speaking, this is God speaking. I have indelibly imprinted, tattooed a picture of you on the palm of each of my hands. What? That's, that sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? But God wants to keep a picture of you so close to him that he puts a tattoo of you on the palm of his hand. He must have some pretty big hands. And every time he just looks at his hands and there's you. And there's me looking back up at him. Why does he do that? Because he loves me. God loves me. And then we looked at the fact that God's thoughts toward us are greater than all the sand on all the earth. Psalm 139 says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And again, I use the illustration. If you've ever been to the beach, and you picked up a little handful of sand. Do you think you could count the grains of sand in that one handful? Well, he's saying he, his thoughts toward us are more in number than the sand. It doesn't say the sand on one beach. It says the sand all over the earth. Which means that God is constantly thinking about you and thinking about me. And guess what kind of thoughts they are. We saw that they're for our peace. Other translations say for our prosperity, for our good, for our welfare, to take care of us and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God constantly has you on his mind. And his, these thoughts are for your good, to make your life better so that you can experience his blessings in a greater way. Hallelujah. Think about that. God is sitting on the throne right now thinking about you. 
about it. Right now, God's thinking about you. God's thinking about Melissa right now. God's thinking about Brittany right now, Sonia right now, Ron right now. He's thinking about Riley right now. And I know sometimes you think, well, how does he do that? I mean, how could he be thinking about her and thinking about me? Try to wrap your brain around God in the first place. (laughs) So much bigger than we can comprehend. Thank God we're going to have forever to get to know him. But the bottom line is, you're always on his mind. And his thoughts towards you are, how can I bless their lives more? How can I show them how much I do love them? That why does God think about us so much? It's because he loves us so much. Amen? And then finally, a few weeks ago, we looked at the fact that the Bible is full of scriptures that talk about God's love for each one of us. We saw that he loves us with an everlasting and an unconditional love. You know, the world's way of loving somebody, it's based upon conditions. I'll love you if, if you do this for me, if I have feelings towards you, if you bless, give me something, I'll love you then. God's love is unconditional. Aren't you glad for that? And I love what I said at the first, his love for us is everlasting. That means it's forever. I said it's forever. Glory to God. We saw that he loves us. Now get this, just as much as he loves Jesus. I don't think anybody in here would say that they would doubt that God the Father loves his son Jesus. And yet the Bible tells us very clearly, and John, I want to say it was John 17, I don't have it written down here, that God the Father loves us just as much as he loves Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who said it. Are you listening? Oh, that blesses me to no end. And then we saw that he loves us so much that he's made a way for us to become his very own children. You are a child of God now. Why? Because God loves you. And then we saw that he loves you so passionately that absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from his love. Praise the Lord. I want to move on with just a little bit of time that I have left. I want to tell you about another reason we can know God loves us, loves me, loves you. It's because of creation. Because of creation. Now, as most of you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. From the flowers to the trees, from the mountains to the oceans, from the birds to all the different kinds of animals. And then God set about creating his prized creation. Who was God's prized creation? Man. He created man in his very own image and likeness. And he gave man the ability to rule and reign upon the earth. Now there are some very confused and spiritually blind teachers and scientists out there. Who want to try to pump your heads full of and your children's heads full of a bunch of junk. Things like how your life really doesn't matter that much in the whole scope of things. And that you're nothing more than a highly evolved monkey. I've been to the zoo. I've seen monkeys. I've seen apes. I see the way they act and the things that they do. And I want to just share this with you from the bottom of my heart. 
I did not evolve from a monkey. How about you? Are you hearing me? I have, getting ahead of myself, but I just feel like I need to share this. Now, I, I, I was talking with an individual one time, and this particular individual was trying to debate with me about the fact that they believed that we did evolve from monkeys because of all the, you know, cavemen and all that stuff. And I said, well, you know, I see in the Bible that I'm created in the image and likeness of God. And as I'm sharing this, you could see that this person, they were pretty much hardened to the fact that they're going to believe what they believe no matter what. So I just looked at him real sweetly and kindly and said, you know, you can choose to believe that you evolved from a monkey. I choose to believe that I am created in the image and likeness of God. Monkey, God, your choice. Hello, amen. Now, listen, I am so convinced that God is my creator and God is the creator of this earth. I've got that settled in my heart. I am fully persuaded that all of the planets and all of the stars of this universe were created by God and placed exactly where they are with this earth in mind. And I am convinced that this earth was created by God and placed exactly where it is with you and me in mind. You've heard me say this before. If we were but a little bit closer to the sun, we would burn up. And if we were just a little bit further away from the sun, we would freeze to death. But God places exactly where we need it to be. Are you listening? Friends, that's why there is a sun and a moon and stars and this earth for us. That's why there are birds in the sky and there's animals scurrying across this land and there are fish in the sea for us. That's why there are mountains out there. That's why there are such beautiful valleys. That's why there's different bodies of water from oceans to seas to rivers. For us. God created everything for you and for me. Are you listening to me? And if you can just begin to listen to your heart. Every time you walk outside into that night sky, look up at that night sky, and you see those billions of stars, and you see one of those stars begin to twinkle, listen to your heart. That's God saying to you, I love you. And every time you're driving around, and you look out and you see those beautiful mountains, and you look down, and you see this beautiful valley, and you look out, and you see the trees and the birds, listen to God is saying, I love you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He created everything for you and for me. I remember I went to uh, Glacier National Park. And we had gone hiking. And I don't know if you've been there or not. Beautiful place. Great place to hike. And uh, there's a, uh, uh, it's on down below going to the sun. It's called going to the cedars. Uh, I think that's the name of it. Uh, and anyway, so I'm, 
Uh, we, you know, and this, the, the going to the Cedars hike is really simple. It's, it's beautiful. But then there's one that kind of extends beyond that. And I don't remember the name of it. I just call it the Hidden Lake. But anyway, as you go up this one, it's a little bit more, it's, it takes a little bit more labor. It's more you know, two, like two and a half miles in and you're going at a you know, pretty good elevation and stuff. But when you get there, you come to this hidden lake. And when you walk out to this lake, it is surrounded by mountains. And there's waterfalls coming down all around. And the lake is emerald green. And I remember the first time I came out there, I walked out and I saw that. I, there, there was a big old giant rock out that kind of jutted out into the lake. I went up on that rock, and I lifted both my hands, and I just began to praise God. It just spilled out of me because I was experiencing my God right there and then. He was just, just surrounding me with his loving arms and saying to me, Daniel, I love you. I created all of this just for you. Thank God. This creation was created by God with you and me in mind. And it was all done for us because of his great love for us. Amen. Let me just say this in conclusion. Do not let those ignorant and misinformed scientists and teachers out there convince you that you're nothing more than a highly evolved monkey. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. I want to read these scriptures. Look up here at Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen to this from the Passion Translation. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. In other words, when God made you, God didn't say, oops, messed that one up. Did you hear what I just said? No, my friends, God doesn't make mistakes. You are wonderfully and, 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 I mean, excuse me, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are mysteriously complex. You are marvelously breathtaking. You have been made in the image and likeness of God. And there's nobody on this entire planet like you. And if you will just take the time. And next time you take a deep breath, just listen to your heart. God is saying to you, I love you. Next time you hear your heart beating, listen to your heart. God is saying to you, I love you. This creation was created with you in mind. You were created because of love. God loves you and God loves me. And I guarantee you this much, my friends. You get a hold of this. It will change your life big time. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Let's pray.